0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available
1: for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 163 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and this week, y'all... We have one of the greats on the podcast this week. I am so excited to share this episode with you, share this conversation that we have with you. We have Matthew Broderick on the podcast this week. And honestly, I mean, we talked, we had two little separate meetings uh, and meetups to to kind of record and chat um, because we had some technical difficulties. Um, But all in all, we had about an hour of recording time together and like, that wasn't even enough. Like there's so much that we could have talked about that we didn't even get to his whole career. And frankly, it just wasn't going to happen because if you look at his career, there's just so much to talk about. And I, it was tricky kind of deciding which ones to talk about and which ones not to. Um, I was kind of advised beforehand of like what to talk about certain projects. Um, so that was very fun. And he was very willing to to talk about the ones that we did talk about, which were super exciting. And we'll share that with you all in a second. Um, but but it was just such a dream. And, and for me, the coolest thing was to really hear him talk about um, how the industry's changed. I mean, we're talking about someone who's been in this industry for the last three, four, maybe even more decades. Um, and to kind of know how it's changing how much it really hasn't, um, has been, was a really cool conversation and hopefully you all will, will enjoy that just as much as I did and, uh, kind of see how it has changed, um, uh, through, you know, his own experience. So, um, I'll stop talking about this because I don't want to give any too much away, um, and I'll talk to you guys more after the interview. Um, but I just want to say that, like this month, I just want to shout out a few people. This month has really taken a village to to be um, to get the guests that we've had. Uh, we've had Jesse Mueller, Alex Brightman, Javier Munoz, Jordan uh, Donica, and then next week we have Ben Platt, and Noah Galvin, and today we've Matthew Broderick. It's like it's just. I could have never dreamed of this, especially all to happen in the same month and all of these interviews happening the day after each other or one after another, sometimes on the same day. Like, it's just... It's been a dream, and I want to shout out Liz Scholar. Uh, I want to shout out Vanessa Brown, who's been on the podcast. who was a child wrangler for many projects that I've done uh, with her help in getting Matthew for me. Um, And uh, I also want to shout out the folks at Slate PR for inviting me to the Tonys, which is the next week's episode. And of course, our, our fabulous editors and our team here helping us and, and helping these. We, you know, we ramped up to two episodes a week this month and, uh, you know, it hasn't been an easy task. For any of us But uh, I'm glad that you all have been able to enjoy these episodes And I'm so glad that we've been able to, to do this um, and, and continue to grow And and share these stories with everyone um, But none of this would be possible without our team here With our editors, Tessie and Jessica um, And, and uh, just, you know, figuring this thing out a- as we go So uh, shout out to all of you And also shout out to Lincoln Center With the help of Jordan um, Where Camelot's being played right now uh, they helped me get him on the podcast, so um, it's just been. And of course, thank you to all of our guests who like agreed to do this because, like, th- that's a whole thing in of itself. Uh, so very, very thankful to everyone, and uh, just wanted to to make sure that was said um, before I forgot. Uh, and um, you know, because it really does mean a lot, and I just wanted to make sure that it was said. Anyways, so with that being said, I, I I'm going a little long winded here because. Um, you know, I'm just very excited for this week's episode. But before uh, we get into it, we got to talk about some Broadway news. Uh, We just have to. We have to every week. So you may be listening to this on Friday when this comes out. And if you are listening to this on Friday, June 23rd, come join us in Times Square. We're here in Playbill Pride. We are literally probably here as you're listening to this. Um, it's an all day event and uh, we'd love to see you there. We're going to be hanging out with all kinds of broadway stars um and watching them perform um it's gonna be it's gonna be a great time and playbill pride we're gonna be celebrating broadway we're gonna be celebrating pride month um and and be able to be entertained by some of the most talented people in the entire world literally so uh come on by we're in Times square 47th street near the tkts booth and uh hope to see you there. Okay, and now for like the real news. We begin to see the effects of the Tony Awards this week. Obviously, the Tony Awards were last Sunday and uh we get to see these grosses and uh how the shows have done since the Tony Awards this is the first week that really kind of counts towards it. Um and unfortunately, a show that won three Tony Awards, Life of Pi, announced an early closing date and their final performance on Broadway will now be Sunday, July 23rd, which is so upsetting because, you know, Life of Pi, I raved about it when I saw the show. It won three Tony Awards. Usually if you win a couple, you know, it usually helps. But even with the awards they won, uh, they're still losing money every week and kind of decreasing in ticket sales uh, it's just really upsetting but of course we see rises in kimberly akimbo who won best musical we saw rises in huge rises in leopoldstadt uh who, which won best play um and we see rises in juliet and juliet and all these other ones that um you know, had success at the Tony awards or had a good performance, didn't win many awards, um, whatever it may have been. And, uh, you know, we're starting to see those influences. So if you enjoy looking at those numbers, um, and kind of understanding the business side of the industry a little bit, be sure to go check those out. Because it's actually kind of interesting to see, especially this week and how it all affects uh, one another. Because we as performers and all the things, and we come on here and say awards aren't everything. Um, but unfortunately, they do mean something to audiences. And they do influence which shows they do see because you know, it's a lot of tourists and they rely on on uh you know they come for a weekend at a time and they're like which shows are the best that we want to see and uh you know it, it's kind of upsetting but uh that's just the business of Broadway. Um, anyways, uh, can, I want to congratulate everyone over at the uh, City Center who uh, begins performances for "Lights in the Piazza," um, which is super exciting. Ruthie and Miles and, and star-studded cast. Um, we're so excited for all of them. This City Center season has been phenomenal, and I can't wait for next season. Uh, and hopefully, we'll be able to go check out "Light in the Piazza." I'm very excited for it, and uh, congratulations, everyone over there. Um, we had some very exciting casting announcement come out literally the day the Alex Brightman episode dropped. He had kind of teased some new work and talking about that he's playing a real human in his next project and his next show on Broadway and all these things. Um, and the, he had announced it the day that we dropped our episode. So uh, that was very, very cool. Alex Brightman is going to return to Broadway in a new play called shark is broken and it's a three-man play and it's featuring alex brightman colin donnell and Ian Shaw, who will be playing his own father, um, and he is also co-writing the show, which is super exciting. And the previews to Shark is Broken will begin in July, actually on July 25th, um, with an opening night coming at a later date. We're very excited to have Alex Brightman back on Broadway in a play, which will be very interesting, and I can't wait to, to see how that one goes. Uh, we also had another really exciting casting announcement where Josh Gad and Andrew Reynolds will be coming back to Broadway in Gutenberg, uh, the, uh, I guess, creators of the printing press. Um, And this is a- show that they've been working on for quite some time i think josh gad came out and was like 12 years this has kind of been a process that's taken 12 years to get he and andrew back on broadway obviously since book of mormon and and starring in that and winning all the things um so very exciting stuff for the two of them i can't wait to see them back live on stage together so those performances begin September 15th, and it's only running for 20 weeks, so it's going to be a limited run, uh, but these two are, are going to kill it, and I can't wait to see just these two on stage together, because I think it's going to be an absolute riot, and so thrilled to have these two back on Broadway. Uh, and it's literally just them. It's going to be a two-man show, and uh, very exciting stuff. And one last piece of news before I turn it over to our fabulous conversation with Matthew Broderick. Uh, the Children of Eden is going to be coming to Lincoln Center, uh, one of the Lincoln Center theaters, which is super exciting, in 2024. And it's going to be directed, which is so exciting, by Tony Yazbek. And he's going to be directing Norm Lewis, Jordan Fisher, Ali'i Carvalho, and uh, – take about family members uh nikki renee daniels and upcoming take about family member Paula Alexander Nolan, which is just, I love this cast so much. I'm so excited. We're getting this in January of 2024, I believe. It's going to be the beginning of 2024. I can't remember the exact month off the top of my head, um, but very exciting stuff. Tony Yazbek directing these fabulous performers is something so exciting. If you go back and listen to our episode with Tony Yazbek, you can just, I love talking to Tony about this industry and about his passion for the arts and everything like that. So uh, it's so fitting that this, You know, he's going to be directing these fabulous performers. Uh, I can't wait for this, and you can get your tickets very soon. Super exciting. Hope to see you there. All right. With all of that being said, we're going to turn it over to our fabulous conversation with none other than Matthew Broderick. Just to let everyone know, we weren't able to record this episode on our regular platform that we use, Zencaster, um, and it usually is super good, super reliable, and if there are connection issues, they don't usually record it, and usually it's just locally recorded on our computers, so, um, you know, the connection issues won't be an issue. Um, but this one we were, had to record on zoom and uh, there were some technical difficulties and connection errors with delays or, um, little, words that get caught off or whatever it may be you should be able to make it out um well you will be able to i promise um but just wanted to let you know that that to be aware of that and it's not uh your phone like skipping over things or whatever it's just our zoom and some weird connection but uh you all will be fine and you all will enjoy the interview so here you go matthew broderick curtain up Okay, in this episode, we are joined by one of the greats. Uh, You've seen him take a bow on Broadway many a times. You've enjoyed his voice or his face in movie theaters or from the comfort of your homes. Uh, He's the face and voice of the most iconic characters, such as Simba, Leo Bloom, Inspector Gadget, Ferris Bueller, and many, many more. Uh, it is an honor to welcome to take about today, Matthew Broderick. Hi, Matthew. How you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? Oh my gosh, I'm I'm so excited. I am oh, humbled <laughs> that you are willing to take the time out of your day. As um, yes, well. Yeah, <laughs> here we are <laughs> um you're coming right off the the tony awards last night uh i was there so i i kind of i didn't uh, i didn't like see you personally but uh i was yeah. in the press room and we were watching on tv and i was like look uh, at you yeah. um what were your thoughts last night last night was craziness um, yeah
0: i um, i was there in the green room basically from seven thirty 7 30 on
1: oh very cool
0: so uh it was a long time though you know yeah nathan just uh standing around <laughs> chatting <laughs> he, and, you know, it's
1: like that I, still,
0: I know i mean i didn't to be honest with you probably didn't even watch all of the show mm. you know because i was just talking a lot and um but it but then when i looked on it looked like looked like a good show
1: like, it looks, um, hey with what of they fun were to able watch to, people to make it up you know yeah mm. It, totally they did a really great job with what they were able to do and i appreciated yes. that it was so performance focused you know a lot of the yeah. show had an opportunity to to do that and shine uh,
0: yeah
1: yeah well um i i gotta ask you uh like your career is so interesting and you've explored all of the different mediums you know with mm. stage movies tv whatever it may be um I'm a Broadway podcast and I'm a Broadway performer and that's where my career has been. So I've got to ask you, you Mm -hmm. know, like what, what is it about Broadway that, that keeps you personally coming back and your love of the stage? Can you talk to me about it?
0: Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I started out with a play. My first job was, um, you know, my first real paying job was torch song trilogy. Yeah. Uh, you know a long time ago and um then i got a couple of movie roles and at the same time i got a broadway role uh, brighton beach memoirs yeah so my career that both stage and film started like exactly the same time mm. and um i never really had a preference or anything like that but Now, in a way, if I look at it all, honestly, I do sort of love the stage, I guess. I mean, I I like the idea of just being – if I could have just been somebody who sort of played the same part in movies forever and lived in Hollywood and retired, I'd be fine with that too, by the way. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But since that didn't happen, uh, I at least have the stage. (laughs) That sounds like I don't like the stage. But, uh, (laughs) you know, but as – there's nothing like an, a real audience. And yeah. when I do film for a while, I, much as I like it, and it, I love how intimate film is and, you know, y- you can be quiet and, but, but, um, I always start to miss the audience in a way. Mm-hmm. I like, I like to be able to feel from them that I'm on the right track. Right. You know, with it, comedy, obviously, but, um, I just I've gotten sort of used to feeling that um, somebody's out there, and uh, it's a little weird in, in film, I suppose. Right. Uh, in film, really, what happens is the uh, the director is is or whoever you like <laughs> producer. I mean, you know, there's a group who become the audience and a on a film set, you know, totally. watching and and they become your your uh, weatherman and. uh but I guess you asked, what do I love about Broadway? I don't know. I love the atmosphere. I like yeah. backstage. I like getting to know crew members, um, you know, assistant directors, uh, dressers, actors. Uh, I just love who I've gotten to hang around and get to know. And even when I was little, my father was an actor. I liked being backstage at his, you know, if he was working. I just have always liked that atmosphere and the uh, kind of team feeling of it. I just, I just like it.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think it's interesting because like a film set is a lot more intimate um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to like, you're not playing to a large crowd or anything like that. But I feel like the relationships that you make are less intimate than Broadway because- and maybe that's part of you know it's a time thing you know you may do work on a stage um production longer maybe yeah. it's it's live so you got to make things up and you enjoy those memories you know type yeah. of things um yeah. and it allows you to play a little bit more um but i always thought that was interesting um you brought up your dad uh, your first i was it, i believe it was your first ever stage um Production mm-hmm. uh, at seventeen years old was that it? Uh, on Valentine's Day is yeah. uh, your first production? Uh, your dad was in the show. Um, exactly. Yeah. What What was that like? I feel like I'd be terrified to perform with my yeah. parents. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was. Um, you know, I'd been doing plays in high school, like everybody uh-huh. does, and uh, <laughs> hadn't really thought about what I wanted to do for a living. Certainly, <laughs> sure. you know, it wasn't like. I had some goal in mind, but uh, my dad was doing a play that Horton Foote wrote. Yeah. He was an old family friend, too. I'd known Horton since I was pretty little. And um, Horton or or my dad, I don't remember who, thought maybe I could play the uh, son, you know. It's not a huge part. Mm -hmm. So I went to Horton's apartment and read through the scenes with him, you know. And he was like me and uh so there i was we went it was hb studio which is a teeny theater it's part of a school on bank street and um you know i was the first time i learned my lines i got a real costume (laughs) crazy uh yeah and we had scenes where my dad was very angry at me in the play yeah and it was southern you know so he'd be uh you know yelling at me with a southern accent Right. And, uh, you know, 1918 clothing on, <laughs> uh, which was hard for me to even take seriously. Not, right. not that I ever thought it was amusing, but it just was like, what is my dad doing <laughs> yeah. with a funny voice pretending to be mad? Um, right. So, in some ways, it was harder to, like, you know, think of it as a play almost, or, or to, it's just hard to not be self conscious when your own dad is talking to you on totally. stage, you know? But it, we managed, and uh, you know, I regret he didn't live that much longer, so we never got to do it again. I bet we might have gotten used to
1: that—the
0: fact that we were related—and uh, you know, I sometimes wish we could have had another chance at that. He, nah. When we were doing the play, he told me because uh, he used to help me when I would when I was working on a part in high school or something. He would get, you know, he'd read the script and talk about it with me. Yeah. And we did that one He's like, I'm not gonna help you at all. Cause uh, you know, we're, we're, you're another actor in the play. I don't wanna know what you're, you know and you don't wanna know what oh. I know, so I'm, I'm not
1: helping you at all. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. So he That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, what Was it helpful like when you did decide, like, you know, you, you did your first show and you, when you began to start falling in love with telling stories and entertaining people, mm-hmm. what, Was it kind of helpful to have someone uh, in your life, such as a parental figure, uh, to kind of ask, turn to for advice or, or anything like that? Yes. Yes, yeah? yes,
0: yes. Absolutely. Uh, both my parents. My mom was a painter, but mm. she was also, she had been a playwright when she was younger. And, and that's how she knew my dad from acting school where they went oh, together. wow. And she always helped my dad, you know, with figuring a part out and then later me and um and my dad too uh when i auditioned to get into acting school after that for Uda hoggins class at this at hb studio my dad directed my my little uh i had to present a little scene me and a friend Mm. and my dad uh you know, put it together for us. And uh, so he was extremely helpful.
1: Wow. Extremely. Well, you've had some really cool scene partners, you know, when you come down, mm-hmm. when you think about it, you know, your dad, kind of your best friend and Nathan Lane, even your wife, Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, yeah. You know, talk to me about First of all, we'll talk about Nathan Lane, I guess, because I'd love to talk to you about producers because I think sure. producers is one of my favorite shows ever. Um, I one day hope to be a producer myself. Um, so oh, I okay. just think it the show is just brilliant. So, um i'm I'm curious to ask you and and talk to you about this kind of journey you went on with producers. You know, you you did it on the stage with Nathan Lane, um, and oh. then you were able to do it on screen as well with Nathan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, just going through that, did your performance change at all? Did you have to change any of this, like the script change for the screen as opposed to the stage? Mm. Um, did you kind of explore maybe a little bit more with the characters since there's you had more time with the character? Um, what, what Just what was that process like in, in figuring all that out?
0: Yeah, well... Um, the process on stage definitely had, yeah, growth to it because we did it in Chicago first for a couple of months, I think, and mm-hmm. then uh, New York for a year, and then um, we came back in like a year or two later for six months. Yeah, Nathan and me. So, um, and I <laughs> ran there. So. Um, Um, Of course, hopefully that, you know, the character grew over that time. Um, There's always a danger of growing a little too much. (laughs) um, That's a show that was very, um, audience, uh, you know, was very much part of it. Yeah. So, um, so it was challenging to, um, try to make a film out of it. Really? You know, we had, um, basically the same cast. Uh, And um, so that, you know, I I, I did a movie called Bluxy Blues that was a play and then a a movie. And um, that one I really threw, it was a whole different cast, different director. And uh, Uh we really kind of tried to, I tried to forget the play, you know, to just do a new thing. When we did a movie, but with, um, producers in some ways, I think we were trying to hold on to what we had in the film, you know, and successfully or not. I think that was a little bit, at least in my, I wanted to put down on, you know, what we had done on stage, (laughs) you know, and some, sometimes I wonder, I wish that maybe I had uh, opened myself up a little more to, uh, rethinking, but Mm.
1: I I I loved it. I, oh. I I I only saw the movie. I didn't get to see it on stage. Oh, oh, okay. Um I don't even know if I was alive when you guys did oh, it on stage. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, when <laughs> when were you born? 2003. Um and I, oh, yeah, I believe it debuted in 2001, right? It um, did,
0: right? At, yeah, right after 9/11 actually. Yeah. Yeah. Right before.
1: So, yeah. Um, yeah, not my time, but yeah. um, I loved what you were able to capture on the film, and I think that, like, in in ways, you know, kind of reflecting on on watching the film, kind of set a pavement for for movie musicals, mm. um, and kind of, I don't know, it it, it kind of revolutionized that in a sense because oh. you could kind of see how well you guys did it and um including even your movie uh, with the music man, your version of it. Um, oh, yeah. Like, I feel like both of those kind of really, you know, nowadays that I see like the greatest showman and I see all these movie musicals that they're making mm. and I can kind of see the, the producers in, in all of that and mm. how they film the musical sequence in that. Right. Um, yeah. it's it's really really cool um mm-hmm. and shout out to you guys um thank you That's yeah of course <laughs> yeah totally um but it, it's so cool because you've worked with nathan uh so much i saw you i i did get to see you guys in it's only a play um so i loved that show and uh it uh-huh. made up for not seeing you guys in producers but it was kind of uh-huh. similar because you guys were kind of, like, playing producers, you know? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. That cast was so uh, brilliant and and kind of – I don't know. You had Rupert Grant, which would my generation was like the Harry Potter was like the big mm. thing. And, and, and these young actors, including yourself, like that kind of grew into adult actors and continue to have the successful career on the stage together. What was it like working with all of those incredible collaborators and kind of figuring that and exploring that in a rehearsal room?
0: Oh, it was, um, it was great fun. It was, um, you know uh amazingly uh, i mean it was quite a bunch of personalities in that room I and, sure. um, jack yeah jack o'brien who um directed it Thank you it. know yeah. he was like he's so great and smart and funny and uh i'm not sure who else would have been able to wrangle all those <laughs> cats uh as well as he did um, um but we all managed to play nicely. And, um, <laughs> you know, the play was sort of, it was, in some ways, it was, play, it, there was, nobody felt fully responsible for it in a way, which is kind of nice. Like everybody has their, the way the play is, everybody has their scenes or their moments, but mm. then you then you get to sit down on a couch and watch, you know, F. Murray Abraham for a while or uh, Soccer Channing. And um oh. so I, you know, I was like, watch, I could watch the play and do the play. Right. It wasn't like <laughs> the producers, like, you know, me and Nathan, you know, we got to really, you know, can run this thing or, yeah. Uh, but, uh, or maybe more for Nathan. But, but, it, and it's only a play was really is an ensemble uh oh absolutely play. so uh which was which was great and and uh you know it was an. It, i got to work with terrence mcnally and mm. get to know him which i'm very very grateful for i loved him and uh and jack o'brien yeah and uh a lot of good actors in that and rupert, <laughs> rupert was uh his dressing room was next to mine and got to know him a little oh, bit wow. and uh we would sit sit out on the fire escape. Oh. We both had windows onto the fire escape of the theater or could hang out out there. Um, oh, I love it. So he, he was a delight and uh, got everybody. Megan, um, I hadn't worked with Stockard Channing either.
1: Mm, wow.
0: And uh, Micah Stock, who was a new, newcomer at the time, and mm-hmm. he was so good.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, no, though the cast was just, everyone held yeah. their own, you know. You guys were all superstars in, in your own mm-hmm. way. Um, whether you were the headliner or not, like, everyone shined. And it was really, really cool to see. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. a testament to what you were kind of saying is the ensemble piece, you know, that that it was. Um, I, I yeah. vividly yeah. remember, I'll, like, never forget, because I believe it was the first time I ever saw, like, someone actually like laugh on the stage and like maybe when they were not supposed to or maybe they were yeah. supposed to and it was with you and nathan lane and i i've got to assume between your guys's friendships and, and how long you guys have kind of worked together it's got to be hard to keep a straight face with each other or, or is it not does it kind of no
0: it, it depends on the yeah, we've had our moments. Very, <laughs> yeah, on the producers, we had that quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I can't but, imagine. Um, did it happen on? It's only a play. You saw that happen? You mean? I, I, yeah, I vividly remember
1: that. Like hmm. you guys were. I don't know if you were. Like, Who
0: laughed, him or me?
1: It was you. Were kind of like giggling. Me, yeah, Uh-oh. and okay. and and then he saw you, and then he started laughing. Oh, uh, okay. so it was well, kind of one of I those- apologize. No, it was it was honestly as as a performer, it, like it kind of awoke something in me of like saying like, oh, yeah, like it reminded me that you guys are people, you know, like as yeah. audience members, we kind of forget the people that we're watching are are people and not yes. just like performers and characters. Uh-huh. Um, and it was really cool to kind of see that for the first time and be like, oh, no, you're allowed to have fun. You know? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess you're
0: not supposed to, but
1: <laughs> well, as long as you're not getting troubled by stage management, I guess it's fine. Yeah, I don't we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um well then I gotta to talk to you about, you know, performing with, with your wife in plaza suite, which mm. you most recently did here on Broadway had to be so fun and, and fulfilling. um. And, and you, now you guys are going to the West end uh, with the show. Yeah. Um, huge congratulations on that, by the way. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, is that kind of, uh, is it kind of like you're performing with your dad in a sense of like, Oh, this was kind of weird or was right. it like, was it nat- that, natural? I, I,
0: it was kind of natural. I thought maybe it would be weird to tell you the truth. Um, But, um, as soon as we started rehearsing, um, it didn't, it just felt like doing a play. Um, yeah. And our, our friend John Hickey directed it and, um, it was just very, it was pleasant. And also, uh, the thing about, you know, my wife is so, uh, she's really good too. So, you know, she's like very funny and, uh, interesting uh, you know as an actor and uh always brought so much to the uh to the play that it that you know I felt like I was just working on a play I never felt like oh you're my I never I think because I'm older I no longer thought oh god my dad's yelling at me in a southern accent I, just, I was sure I was able to treat it as a a regular uh, you know putting together a play process and uh you know, she delivers a lot of surprises and a lot of stimulus on stage. So it was easy. I found her very easy to work with. And uh, the fact that I were married and and didn't seem to be much, uh, really an issue. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's gotta be so cool. I, I like, as soon as the announcement came out, I was like, that is the coolest thing in the world, you know, like to be performing with probably someone who's been acting with you. um, If maybe if you like during COVID and everything, self taping and all of that, like maybe it's like a, that sort of thing. Um, But it was awesome to see you guys on the stage together and and kind of go through a a story together and tell a story together. Um,
0: It was great for us. Really fun.
1: Yeah, and and I can't wait for you guys to continue that over in the West End. Uh, You -hmm. know, that's got to be really cool in 2024 in January. uh, Very exciting. Um, Yeah. Uh, And and now, um, actually, when this episode release, you're going to have a new movie coming out uh, called No Hard Feelings. Right. (laughs) <laughs> I know you it's probably hard to keep track of all this Matthew um, <laughs> but you have a new movie coming out, and, and you're playing uh, the, this uh, dad of Andrew Barth Feldman who is a good friend of mine and oh uh, Lori Benanti is your wife mm-hmm. I believe um, yeah. and, and so that that has to be probably fun so you, you probably filmed this and then went back to the stage and it's it's this thing that you do is quite yes. impressive um, but did that film set you, with those names of Andrew Barth and Laura Benanti? I mean, those are stage names. Like, did it kind of feel like you were kind of on stage performing with those two scene partners? Um.
0: Well, maybe a little. Uh, we kept, you know, all of us talked about shows and musicals. Yeah, uh, you know, which is very perplexing to the uh, movie people. <laughs> um. um it felt like a film. You know what? What to at One time, I think the only thing is a little bit. I think people were if, like what Laura and I were, they'd be like, "Wow, you know, all your you guys have come so ready, you're <laughs> so ready." And We were kind of like, "Yeah, well, you know, they that got that's the job, you know." Because mm-hmm. um, we were, I guess, sometimes if you do a lot of movies, you can kind of gradually learn learn as you're doing it you don't really need to come so prepared i think sometimes stage people come maybe sometimes even over prepared because film is a very fluid thing but uh yeah but they laura benanti kept saying they keep saying how sharp and prepared we are and we're really just you know we're we're not we're just doing what we were (laughs) hired for um and Andrew was such a uh, pleasure to have around. Yeah. You know, he's not, he just, he seems so happy to be there. It's nice Aww. to be with somebody who likes being there, you know? Totally. He wasn't just complaining about the hours and how tired he was. So that was good.
1: <laughs> totally. And, and, you know, what's interesting is that, like, he is now, like, your age when you really started to, like, break into right. to, to this world, you know? Um your career has lasted many, many years. Um, Mm. and you started at such a young age. Did you kind of have any, I don't know, I guess advice for him and like young people around the world, like even listening to this, you know, uh, with your, with you being in the, the industry for so long at such a young age? Um, yeah, my advice that I would have, um,
0: well, um, You know, to sort of like I think, of course, if stick stick to it, you know, it takes a while, and uh, and I think to try to not take things too personally all the time. Hmm. You know, to um, I mean, that helped me, like, because there's some rejection always, and uh, or a lot, and uh, (laughs) and. My, you know, my father once told me, I was like, I didn't get the part. What did I do wrong? And he was like, it doesn't mean you did anything wrong. Uh, it, they might have done something wrong, too. You know, people mm. cast the wrong person all the time. Right. So you're saying that they're right always. And that's that's just not true. Yeah. And even if they are right, but you don't fit the part right, that's not your fault. So there's a lot of things that um, other than did I do well enough? If I did well enough, I'd get this part. Is not, you're missing a whole host of other things that can happen that make you not uh, get a part. And um, that helped me to think, the, you know, the audition is just as much for the people making the decision responsibility yeah. is on them too so so you know try to keep your center and, and uh, sense of self going and um and hopefully you know you get a few breaks and then yeah. uh you know then yeah. the next thing goes wrong you know it's a long totally it, it it's a hopefully <laughs> long long career and don't get don't get too pleased or too <laughs> or too uh, miserable you know try yeah. to have some perspective, I would suggest.
1: Yeah, and you kind of talk about, you know, what it's like to be in the room and the rejection and everything. And you also, there's times as performers and actors where where you get some harsh feedback, you know, a yeah. negative feedback, whether it be from casting directors, reviews, directors, whatever it may be. Like, how do you personally, I guess, um, more so for you, kind of mm-hmm. navigate through that and, and kind of remind yourself like, Hey, like what I'm doing is I, what I believe in. And like, th- this is why I'm telling the story this way or something like right. that. How do you just navigate it all?
0: Well, it's, that's, you know, it's still hard for me. I mean, um, hmm. um, I, you know, my, the, the last many years, I don't really read reviews, um, oh. but. I do know when they're not good, like there's no uh, oh. avoiding the, the vibe <laughs> when you get to the theater. Um. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price, and help you save when you bundle home and auto. I I don't really want to hear too much details about what's wrong with me or even really what's, what's right with me. You know, I don't like to look at myself from the outside too much when I'm acting. And, uh, um, on the other hand, you'd be crazy not to take note of criticism or of, uh, you know, it, it, you, you're trying to learn to be better and you're trying to uh, learn what kind of parts you're good at. And uh, so you don't want to be totally blind, I guess. Um, yeah. But I think you mostly want to be blind. I think you mostly want to trust your gut and uh, tell the story the way you you think you should and the way that makes you laugh or makes you moved or you know, the the thing about it that you like is that's what you have to offer. And uh, hopefully other people get it. And if they don't, you try again. Um, Right. You know, and, and so I think you're trying to learn and you want to don't, you don't want everybody to always just say how great and you know, I, I want much as I might not like it. I like a director to say that's not working or something. I know I need that. Yeah. And I might be very, Pissed off at the time, or or uh, hurt, or all, all these things. But on the other hand, I do. You need it mm. as long as it's coming from the right person and in a you know a constructive way, not just put down or just make you feel
1: bad. That that happens too, and I I try to not listen to that. Totally. Um, it, it's kind of hard to, like you said, not let that influence you and in your performance with the negative stuff that mm-hmm. you may hear um but it, it's you know you are there for a reason you know whether they made uh the right hire or they didn't make the right hire it's kind of yeah. it, it's kind of hard to remind yourself oh you were chosen for a reason they like yeah. for some reason you know we yeah. I feel like as actors it's easy to lose sight of that that's a good
0: point very good point yeah it, you were chosen for a reason and you belong there as much as anybody else. And it might as well be you, you know? And,
1: right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm curious because, you know, just, I, we're still, I guess still talking about no hard feelings and stuff uh, with Andrew and Laura and them, you know, I, I'm curious with your, your opinion on, on chemistry between film acting and, and, and stage acting. Um it, I don't know. It. I feel like we may have touched on this yesterday, but I just want to talk to you a little bit more about it. Um, do you feel like the chemistry is is easier to kind of form a family relationship on 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 one or the other? Do you feel like the chemistry can help you as an actor?
0: Um, I th- I think sometimes a a play is more is easier because. Hmm. I mean, for a whole cast, because even the people who are only working in a couple of scenes are there all the time. They were there all through rehearsal. If you do a play on the road, you're all in, you know, a hotel or near a hotel together, yeah. and so you become a group, and you all eat together and get drinks or whatever, <laughs> and uh, you know, go to the gym or whatever it is. But you you get to know. You know, you're a group, um, and in a film, a, a person who doesn't have that many scenes will probably just show up for three or four days and then be gone. Sure. So you don't really have time to become that kind of integrated uh, group. Yeah. If that's what you mean, but but the chemistry, on the other hand, if you if you have good chemistry with somebody in a film, that's golden, you know. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Once you get that, you're in you're in good shape.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's pretty evident between you and Matt uh, and Nathan uh, and the producers, Mm. you know, when it's just so easy, probably for you guys, because you've known each other for so long and you've done it before um, type of thing. But it's always been interesting to me where you kind of show up first day on a film set and just meeting people and it's like, all right. And, you know, action. I'm like, okay, Um, very well. Yeah, I'm sure. And of course, like even something as The Lion King, you know, you you voiced Simba, which has to be mm-hmm. so cool to kind of, you know, be a part of something that has had so many different lives. You know, they made yeah. a re live version of the movie. It's been on stage for years. Um, mm-hmm. But even that, like recording that it, it has to be challenging you know you're just put in a recording booth do you even have a scene partner like what is that whole thing like
0: yeah uh that's very isolated I mean you might once in a while they'll get two people together just so they can you know feed off each other or uh I think I recorded a couple of times with a, a woman who was playing Nala uh-huh. you know and then when I got to the premiere of the movie of Lion King, <laughs> they were like, here's Nala, and it was uh, a different different actor. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so they had replaced and switched uh, my wife, or whatever, what? my lioness, and um, never even told me. So oh that's God. how much chemistry there is in uh, animated
1: photos, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you even get the line before, or are you just going down all your lines and just recording them as is? Uh, Normally, you're recording
0: your lines, and the director or somebody is reading the other side. Uh-huh. They do that maybe two or three times. Oh, my God. And then they say, now let's do line 105. Let's do five versions of line 105. And then you get that, and then you do line 107 five versions uh you know so it's very it gets very technical right
1: but uh you know
0: they all they're all drawing it and they have a whole complicated thing that they're creating so you know you're just trying to uh give them what they at least i'm just trying to give them
1: what they want totally
0: you know as much as i can
1: yeah and and do you feel like have you done animation well I'm sure you have like since Lion King like have you done a lot of the recording and stuff like has it changed a lot since when you did it the original time
0: um the process that I've done it is pretty much the same yeah uh, it's a little more back then I would go to California and go to ah. Disney and record which is wow. actually a lot of fun because there was rooms of drawings around and I've met animators and all that. And yeah. uh, now it seems it's usually done by zoom. I mean, if okay. you're in a recording studio and the director is on a monitor and people right. don't seem to put as much effort into getting into the same room, Yeah, which is a, sh- which is a shame. But um, other than that, it's pretty much the same except I've done a couple of like, T- television animated things. And I guess those are less, obviously less elaborate. So, sure. you know, they don't spend as much time on them as Lion King or something like that.
1: Yeah, you know, I was always curious just because of how much the animation itself has kind of progressed if yes. that kind of changed the process at all. Um, but it's nice. To uh,
0: s- I don't know if it changed the voice yeah. acting that much, but yeah. uh, a little bit. In Lion King, when they were still And I guess they still do this somewhat, but they were, you know, hand drawing most of it. I don't even really know the process that well, but the guy who animated Simba, whose name I'm not remembering, uh, actually sat in the room a couple of times when I I recorded. Oh, that's so You know, they they film you anyway to try to get your facial expressions. Oh. Which they can then change as much as they want. But I think it helps the animator to have a – what does a person look like saying that, you know? And I mean, you know, when you think about it, to just draw from hearing sounds, I don't know how they do it, but that's a little bit how they do it. They look at you or they record you. Yeah. Or somebody, you got to record somebody
1: saying it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, It's very interesting art. Oh my god. Yeah, it no, it's so cool to hear to see kind of how literally everyone involved in a yeah. large film or whatever is a true artist, you know. Everyone's yeah. doing their own type of art. <laughs> Excuse me. God bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um yeah, it's very cool. Um I, I've gotta ask you, you know, you know, like nowadays, you know, you are so you know well-known and you've had this wonderful career um does it now and like now you're gonna be on the new season of only murders in the building and and stuff like that and obviously nathan's in that and you you're working on these projects do you are you still like what what is the process now for someone like you are you still being sent these auditions are you kind of you know just saying is Is nathan calling you saying hey let's do another project you know like what how does that how does life work now as an actor that you've established yourself
0: um well i mostly get sent something that somebody might want me to do or um want me to read uh and sometimes i'll get said something where they don't positively want me but i would very rarely audition at this point yeah um but i would if something was very special and somebody had a reason that they weren't you know to see whether they thought i could do it i mean but people mostly know know me so i don't i don't really often need to put myself on tape or something. like sure. that. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure I've ever put myself on tape to tell you the truth. But I have, yeah. uh, but I will audition, I'll definitely come in and read. Yeah. And maybe I have, but I don't remember. But I'm um, been around and I'm old. And I mostly just get called from people who actually want me to be in the thing. So I don't thank God usually have to go through that anymore.
1: Yeah, you know, you you've done your your work, you know. You I, we've I seen you. My yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we've seen you be all types of different people where it's now it like yeah. oh, we know what he can do and the range yeah. that he can do it in. It's so impressive. Uh and that must probably be nice now to to you know, kind of be honored in that way, I guess. Uh yeah. respected in the community. Um yeah, so cool. Um. Well, I, I've got to ask like one last thing, and and then I'll let you go. Um, you know, as I don't know how I can, I'm I'm trying to word this here, but um, as someone of your I guess caliber, you know, what is it that keeps you motivated and like I don't mean to be like oh what's next to you but I'm just like more curious about you know what stories now excite you I guess
0: yeah um that's a very good question uh I wish I was better at you know what kind of stories like I've never been sure what story I you know, I, I read something and like it. That's basically it. I don't really yeah. uh, say I want to find a story about this or, uh, except if I've done all sort of similar thing, I start to want to do something different. Um, mm-hmm. And my motivation, for some reason, I still have. I still <laughs> want to do something good. I still want to. I like the experience you know i like acting i like being with people and uh and long as i've done it i still i'm not all bitterness you know i still want to uh do something better i want to get better and uh you know i want to find a great script and and live up to it and uh you know make a writer happy and a director happy and an audience you know I, I still really love it yeah you know um, luckily yeah I have tr- I haven't yet turned completely into how much is it how long do I work <laughs> what's for lunch I'm almost that but not quite <laughs> no,
1: not quite. yeah because you know when it gets to that it's probably like oh probably there should be time. It, uh, yeah yeah act- yeah actors know? home yeah Yeah. You want to keep doing what you love, you know? And if you fall out, it's like, why, why do it? Yeah. Um, You know, you've, you've got so much already you've, you've, that you've done, you know, you've got so much shown already. So, um, you know, I, Matthew, this has been incredible. I mean, you are literally some of the, my favorite people. Ferris Bueller was one of the characters that like, I was like, oh my God, like that's, that was me, you know, type of Uh, thing, (laughs) you know, like that I could see. And it was like one of those, um, there, and there's been so many characters. Like I grew up watching inspector gadget on Disney and like all these things. So this, and of course, Simba lion King, you know, Mm. it's just been uh, a real honor. And you are someone that I've, I've looked up to for quite some time. So I appreciate you you taking your time. Um, and even doing two of these <laughs> yeah yeah well that was my own fault <laughs> no it wasn't yeah. no not at all you know nowadays as actors we're we're supposed to be uh these yeah. uh these cameramans and all oh, these no. things it's like no yeah. we just let us do our thing <laughs> <laughs> but no i i do really appreciate it
0: so well, thank I, you yeah yeah, yeah I, I appreciate it too. It was a pleasure talking to you, meeting you.
1: Yeah, you yeah. have so much to take about for, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is our you. title of show. So I know it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. All right, good luck with your show. Thank you. Take yeah. a bow, Matthew Broderick. Oh my gosh, what an exciting episode. I loved talking to him about this industry. Um, it's very cool to see him kind of light up talking about the different projects. You can kind of tell the projects he enjoyed and the projects that you know he may not have had the best experiences with or whatever it may have been. You know, I was advised to really focus on the whole Broadway uh, side of things. Um, I was able to talk to him about a couple movies but um, it, it seems like, you know, there's stuff there that, you know, he's obviously has stories for days. So to plunk those stories out of him uh, was kind of interesting and uh, was kind of interesting to navigate, I guess you could say, um, because, you know, I don't know those stories. So to kind of break through there and, and kind of. So to kind of break through there and kind of guess where the stories are, um, it, it was uh, it was fun to do and fun to little have that little banter with him going back and forth together in, in conversation. Um, you know, I was trying to get him to to share some stories with these scene partners, like working with all of them. Uh, but you know, he's like a little like it was like talking to my grandpa. It was so cute. Um, and he really started to open up at the end there, uh, talking about you know the industry and and kind of what it is for what it means to be a performer for him now you know like what life is like for an actor such as matthew broderick or of uh, matthew Broderick's stature you know like he's done so much work uh it's all out there we all know matthew broderick and uh you know it's interesting to see how that all works for a performer of his stature now. Um, and I was thrilled that he was willing to share that with us and, and kind of talk to us about that as well as like, you know, the Lion King, it really seems like he enjoyed that process, even though that was so many years ago, you know, and how long ago that was and, you know, he, all of those memories kind of, it was fun to watch them flood back into his head. You can totally see it, especially if you watch this in, on YouTube, you'll know exactly what I mean. And uh, it's very exciting for him to to be in a new movie with all of these fabulous Broadway folks. Uh, you know, No Hard Feelings is officially out today. Uh, and that's starring Matthew Broderick, or that's starring Andrew Barth Feldman, that's starring Laura Bonanti, and of course, Jennifer Lawrence. We are just so excited to see the movie. I will have report for you guys next uh episode which is on tuesday i can't wait to watch it and see all of these wonderful people shine uh all of these take about family members are you kidding me uh we're literally growing an Empire. No, I'm just kidding. Not actually. Um, but we're just having so much fun. And it's so uh, fortunate to be able to have Matthew Broderick on the show today. And uh, hopefully you all will enjoy No Hard Feelings in theaters everywhere now. Um, all right, everyone. That's kind of all I have for you folks this week. Hopefully you all enjoyed this episode. Um, you were entertained. You learned something. You know, do whatever you do. Hopefully you all will come back next week for our wonderful episodes with Ben Platt and Noah Galvin and all of the Tony winners of this season. Um, Just so excited for all of it and can't wait to uh, see you all next week. Also come join us at the pride pride. Not kidding today, Friday, June 23rd. Come on down. We'll be there. Come say hi. Um, All right. Thanks everyone. And uh, I hope that you all have a wonderful weekend and I will see you all next week. Bye everyone. Have a great weekend. For this episode's current call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help of Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kimberly Garris, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow are our fabulous editors, Jessica Warren, who edits the audio of the podcast that you just listened to, and Tessie Tokash, who edits the videos and visuals for this podcast. And our final bow are extra special to the patrons, Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners of PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com/tab. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe on the platform that you are currently listening to this on, or. Or go check out our youtube where you can watch the episode you can also subscribe like and comment on there as well if you're more into the regular social media and want to follow us you can do that at Take About Podcast across all social media platforms the music of this podcast was made by nikki torsha and cormac Collinon, and the logo was created by giselle bustos and that wraps up this episode's curtain call thank you all again for listening to this week's episode and i can't wait to see you next week bye everyone have a great week